Welcome to the Marketing for the Culture podcast, powered by the African American Marketing Association. Each week, we'll bring you an insightful conversation from some of the best experts in our industry on how to advance our career. Join the collective of Black marketers across the world advancing their brand as we work towards creating a collaborative community. And welcome to another edition of the Marketing for the Culture podcast. I am your host, C.L. Palmer. And on the other line, I have none other than Michelle Gomez. And we are here to bring you the best marketing information and help build a better marketing community. And today we're going to talk about the 2021 Black Podcaster Listener Report from Exum Media, Mindshare, and Edison Research. I have some very interesting takes. I don't feel like they're all about podcasters, but we know <laughs> who Exum Media is, so I'm not surprised. But before we get into that, Michelle, back at the crib. <laughs> you left you left me hanging dry in Atlanta. It's all good though. How you feeling though? I feel good. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Yes. But after eight days of traveling back in Houston, home sweet home. Uh, so I'm trying. It's like I'm trying to be lazy, but I really need to be planning for 2022. So <laughs> my body's in an interesting space right now. But, um, you know, oh. blessed nonetheless. It's been a great year. It's been a great month. And I'm very excited what the future holds. Um, not only for myself, but especially with the organization. I feel you on that. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm a little jealous, but I, I will say I could, I can tell you have no kids. You know, when you say I've been traveling for eight days, like eight days, get the get out of here. I could never travel for eight straight days and just not be at the crib. Like I, I would get crucified. Like something is wrong. I might it's not have a home though. to go to. But I was trying to see my mom. Like, I literally drove from Dallas on a Friday because I was like, okay, I can do my laundry. I can see my mom fly out Saturday, head to Atlanta. My mom was like, I'm going to church. I'm like, I'm like, if I didn't stop to see you right now, it was going to be two weeks without seeing you. So... Yeah, no kids, and my mom don't care. So yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> no, it's a blessing and a curse, like most things. But I'm glad you made it back home safely in one piece. Good to see you in high spirits. You know, you ain't, you ain't get hit, but you ain't get touched by that Omarion or none of that. So that that's <laughs> that's good. Oh. Um, but me, on the other hand, I'm definitely like recovering from something. I don't I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's out here, but it seemed like everything that was outside before COVID is back. Like all these other things, because we stayed in the house and then all of a sudden nobody was getting colds. And then everybody came outside. And now you get a cold and you got to worry about COVID, too. Like it just you can't win. It's a crazy time right now crazy time it, it, it very much so is but I do not want to turn this into 
COVID woes because <laughs> I can definitely go all day about those. Yeah, I think we all can. Do not get me started. But if you don't have anything else, um, you know, shout out to the whole AMA, every single member. But we're going to get into this podcast. I want to talk about this Black Podcaster Listener Report. And the way that they had it set up was part was, you know, information about the listeners, information about uh, their listening habits, and then it goes into the monetization. Uh, now, by the time you hear this podcast, I will have a piece up on uh, Alma's blog discussing this in its entirety. But we wanted to just do some 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 audio notes. I'm not going to read the whole blog post. I thought about just reading the blog post, but I haven't got there yet. I'm just I can read, but <laughs> but reading out loud this is just a whole other <laughs> ball game. I gotta I gotta get comfortable with that. But um, yeah, in, in the piece, I basically go over a lot of the statistics that show that pretty much their motive for this study was to encourage people to advertise with black podcasts. And of course, if you keep up with any of these um, corporations, Exxon Media is the advertising brand or advertising arm of XM Satellite Radio, Sirius XM, which also owns Stitcher and Pandora, which both have podcasting ties. Um, Pandora, you know, that's a music, but now they have podcasts just as well. And everybody's familiar with Stitcher. So it's not a surprise that they put a lot of emphasis on information that advertisers could use. <laughs> but as somebody who has a vested interest in the actual podcast, because I went on their their website and they're working with a lot of big podcasts, like uh, one of my old favorites to read. And I'm sure that um, Crystal and Kid Fury would love it if you ask the listeners some questions that would be relevant to them. Mm. It seems to be an obvious thing to say out loud, but you often see it when it comes to data and podcasters. We don't really get what we want or need for that matter. And so this is just another whole, I guess you could say a, a whole nother notch in, in that story, a whole nother chapter. Because if you go through the hosting sites, can't get great analytics. You you go through uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts, dashboards, you know, their analytics have stepped up and I feel like we just put a little pressure on them, but we don't really get the best. Um, so before I really start diving deep into, you know, my takes, um, did you have any takeaways from the study? I know we haven't really talked about it too much, Michelle, but I am curious to see what you thought of as well. God, there's, there's so many directions we can go in. I think... I think part of the problem is, you know, once again, I I don't know this for sure, but I have a feeling that it's white leadership mm. controlling the data, um, highlighting black podcasters and listeners, right? 
So yes, we need this information, but once again, you know, me, who's behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. Who's, who's strategizing and contributing to this information? Um, Because if we were there, if people of color are there, I think it could go just a little bit deeper. At the same time, I am happy with the progress because in 2014, I stumbled across podcasting. I started mine and it was the Wild Wild West. You know, I learned a lot from uh, white, listening to white podcasters um, and as well as being in communities, uh, podcast communities that were predominantly white. Um, and I remember at the time there was Jay, um, Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. Yeah. Right. So, so I say that to say, um, I do like how we've evolved as hosts and listeners. So the data is important, but I, I do feel like there's still so much more that can be uncovered for the host, the listener, and the advertiser. And I I definitely agree with that because I'm looking at the parties involved, um, of course, XM Media, but Mindshare, which is a multinational marketing conglomerate, mm. you know, one of these super huge marketing agencies that work with all of your favorite big brands. and. I wanted to say that, you know, even though I haven't ever heard of them, I've probably seen their work, but of course their, their business is not being found. Um, right. It, it doesn't really give me a lot of confidence that just because they're multinational, that this is something that they should be helping head up. Like it may be something because they're working with a lot of black podcasters. They, they might have a mutual interest, but I would have loved to see a black marketing agency mm-hmm. be part of the process. It I feel like that would make more sense. Like somebody that identifies them as themselves as black. You know, it's yeah. But that would probably would make too much sense. You know. I mean, of course. Um, and once again, you know, who's in the room? There's another group called Insights and in Color. Um, that marketing group focuses on data. Right. So once again, tapping into, if not individuals, black communities, black resources to get that information or to share in the work, really to share in the work. Right. Yeah. And it's just like what you were talking about on the last show. It's like it's about equity. You know, (laughs) they 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 have a little bit more stake in the game because they're going to ask the questions and they're going to ask the questions in a way that mm-hmm. black people are going to respond correctly. Mm-hmm. And I felt like some of these questions may have not, may not have been asked properly mm. because I know how we talk, you know, <laughs> you put Elmo a cookie monster up, Elmo holding a cookie. You ask who is eating cookies to a kid and you ask who be eating cookies you're going to get yeah, two different yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So that's that's that was one of the things that I kind of picked up on, too, was like, yeah, somebody didn't double check all of this to make sure it was right. But uh, here's to say they they did provide 
a few confirmations about things that I think about black people when it comes to podcasting and how we consume uh, content, um, especially video. So um, I guess I'll start by saying that the, the survey was done with, um, let's say, around 2,500 people, which is usually a good barometer of, you know, a sample size for a, mm-hmm. for the rest of America. Um, but I did... I did have a lot of questions early on about the the who as far as what they do for a living because I think it said that only like 20% um, were entrepreneurs and then it said let me see I'm going to actually go to it I'm going to be a bad podcast host be <laughs> but when I when I when I looked at it and I saw that 53% of the listeners were employed full-time. One of the things I really wanted to know was how many of those full and part-time employees worked at home? Because Especially now, yeah. Right now, because later on in the study, it shows that people do a lot of watching podcasts at home. Yes. Yes. Not just listening, but watching. And so that was that was one of the things that early on I was like, I think they missed they missed an opportunity to grab yeah. a couple of data points to That's see good. where where people are working because working and podcasting kind of go hand in hand. Um, you can listen and tend to your work, get you a laugh or pick up on some information. But it's a little different when you're doing it at home versus when you're in the office. Or driving. Or driving. Because now people are not commuting. Right. So And I know that's that's one of my problems. Like I'm backed up because I'm <clears throat> I don't commute on a daily basis. And because I'm not going to an office, the little driving I do, it it's not I probably drive with 10, 15 minutes, if that. Mm. I don't have a 30 45 minute commute to an office anymore. Yeah, so it that, takes me a long time to listen to one podcast or to go through a series of episodes. I'm the same way. And I have tried to get back caught up so many times. It <laughs> never happens. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, but I started listening to podcasts at faster speeds for one. Just mm. so I could get through them, you know that the two point speed. I'm not going to lie; it's it's a little little different. You know, one one point seven, one point five is probably my limit. I do that for audiobooks, but not podcast. Really, and I think it's because podcasts are more the the ones I listen to are interviews, so it's more conversational versus a straight read. That's interesting because I'm I'm a like 1.5 across the board. Uh, <laughs> there are some podcasts where they might have like a skit or they do like some musical numbers, and I'll just I'll slow it down when they get to some of that stuff. But for the most part, like I'm used to people talking at 1.5 speed, 
in a conversation, when I put it on one, it's like, why are they talking so slow? Like, what is wrong with you? It's like, that's oh, a good point. So, man, listening habits, point. yo, that's that's a that's a thing that I think people have not discussed enough. Like, how you get to being a podcast listener, and then how you listen to it. This study does some of it, like like who and and where, but you know, kind of like following people from jump. Like, okay, you started here. Now you listen at 1.5. Did you go from podcast to audio books? Mm. You know, so on and so forth. Like I, as a podcaster, I have a lot of questions. And that's what really drove me to write this piece because I had a bunch of follow-up questions. Like I would have been raising my hand the whole class if this <laughs> this would have been a presentation. And, and you do have good questions because I know for me, I'm one of those people that I'm set on my ways. So if I'm in the car, it's definitely audio podcast music. If I'm at home, if I'm sitting in front of my desktop, I probably have my iPad open and I'm watching a podcast on YouTube. Right. Um, And then if I go to the couch, depending on the time of day, I'm still watching the podcast on YouTube, but now I have it on Chromecast. So Uh it's on my TV, right? And I make sure I listen to podcasts when I'm focused because I don't want to miss anything. Uh Right. But if I'm if I'm cleaning, I'm listening to music. Depend if I'm on the treadmill, I'll listen to an audio podcast. Um, but sometimes if I'm lifting weights, I may switch to music. Right. So I, I see what you're saying. Cause yes, the listen, listener habits is very important. And then, and then how long is your, how long do you drive or how long is your commute, your daily commute, right. which is another factor. Yeah. I, I could see in the near future, somebody doing a research study strictly on how you got into podcasting and figuring out mm, what people that's, say. That's all you. Look, if, if we if, <laughs> if, if Alma is going to help fund this research, <laughs> then we definitely going to get it going. I'm with it. Don't tell me. I will run with it. But you, you're actually bringing up a point that I'm trying to figure out if I want to go into it now, but your your relationship with podcasting reflects the majority of how black people listen to podcasts. Um, and my assumption based on after like being out in the world and just meeting new black people, um, <laughs> I discovered that the default thing to go watch TV on was YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. Like it was a total shock. It's like, oh, you start with YouTube and then when you feel like going to Netflix or something else, you go to that. But everything you do starts on YouTube. And I think that's because early on, early internet days, I was I was a downloader. And so I just downloaded everything and then I had hard drives that was connected to the to the TV. So whatever movie TV show I wanted to watch, drop it on the hard drive, plug it into my TV and it's on there forever. You know, so 
I like the whole YouTube evolution. I just completely missed, mm. and it it really it took it took until like a few interactions with people like yourself for me to realize that podcasting is actually going to have to grow through YouTube with Black people, and I didn't quite know at the time what I was speaking on, but now it all makes sense, you know, because it's a primary entertainment vehicle. You already are taking in uh, music. You're watching uh, documentary films, you know, talk show. Everything is already on YouTube. So podcasting based on this study is just another thing that people started adding to what they do on YouTube. When I was reading your article, I immediately thought, who started this? Was it The Breakfast Club or was it Gary V? Specifically when it comes to, I'm going to say the Black community, right? Because I don't think I was where I was aware of The Breakfast Club until I saw their viral clips on Facebook, then Instagram, and then YouTube mm. for the full okay. interview. Um, so it was like, whoever said, Hey, let's put some cameras in the studio <laughs> was simple, but brilliant idea. Right. Yeah. And like, for me, I don't listen to the breakfast club audio. I don't either. Like I have to see them. I have to watch the video and I'm one of those people, like, however I initial consume you, I'm going to stick to that. Yeah. Right. And there's um, audio podcasts that I love that they're trying to grow a YouTube following. And I'm like, uh, it just doesn't. And I think and I think that kind of speaks to the entertainment value. Right. Um, how does your personality translate? Um, the Breakfast Club, you got three vibrant personalities. Right. Um, plus their guests. So I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to have some kind of entertainment to watch. Whereas, you know, Jordan Harpinger, <laughs> great <laughs> host, great host, great podcaster. But it's like, uh, he's, he's a little boring to me on, on video, but love him on audio. I I can relate only because I... I'm just not a person who's like big on just being on camera. Mm-hmm. Like we had a conversation before. I'm just not that vain. Um, so in order for me to feel like I'm doing something good on YouTube, it's got to be something that I would watch. And it took me a while to get to the point where I had to understand that other people's standards are much lower than mine. <laughs> and then the fact that I'm giving it to you for free is probably a consolation for that. Um, and I, you, you bring up an interesting point that I did bring up in the article, which is now that I've read the, this research study and I think about who people talk about when it comes to podcasts, it's the breakfast club mm. is 85 South is earned your leisure is Gary V, you know, and those first three. Those are black as it gets, and none of those are podcasts. Right. That's the that's the that's right. the thing. Like I right. figured out that black people actually don't know what a podcast is. Sorry, 
Um, but it's okay because the the format is evolving to just pull things under an umbrella, but it still doesn't jive with what the, what the the art form is. And so I, I just wish we had a little delineation from Jump. But when I talk to regular people, when they say podcast, that's what they that's what they mean. You're right. So, and I agree with what you said, but I'm curious, what do you consider earn your leisure? Oh, earn your leisure to me is a podcast. Okay. Because their their product is not video um, dependent. Because I can listen, I listen to their podcast and mm-hmm. then I watched a few and it, it translates in both. Yes, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't really have an issue with them. It seems like okay. YouTube was a way for them to grow. Right. Um, instead of like them making a YouTube show and then making it a podcast. Good point. Which what other people do. Yeah, I know. I mean, going back to 2014, 2015, where, I mean, I remember I literally launched my podcast at New Media Expo in Vegas um, the weekend or whenever I was there. And by the end of that year, ESPN, right? Um, I think Snoop. Like oh, all of these big names. Yeah, yeah, all of these big names. I and I was like, up. I know that's not my target audience, but at the end of the day, we're competing for people's attention, right? So if you have celebrities and I'll just say media companies tapping into this form, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for the little guy to compete. Yeah. I and I could be biased. I don't care what she's saying. People are like, well, if you're good, you're going to rise to the top and you know, <laughs> they'll say all of this stuff, but, um, yeah, but it's like, I can't, I can't compete against ESPN, right. The breakfast club or even the read, which is, um, God, there's another direction I want to go, which is more of a pop culture podcast versus a business podcast, you know? So I think popularity is, essential when it comes to marketing and podcasting in 2021. I don't care what people say. I stand by that. Um, And I do think you have to be popular as well as tactical to be successful in this lane. Uh Absolutely. Um, let 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 me take a second. So what you said there, I... I want to get into here in the next segment because it it brings up a couple different statistics that I want to reference. Um, so let's do this. Let's let's take a quick break, and then we we'll come back, and then we're gonna we're gonna do numbers. We're gonna talk numbers. And welcome back to Marketing for the Culture. I am C.L. Palmer again with Michelle Gomez. And today we are talking about the Black Podcast Listener Report of 2021. Again, from Edison Research, XM Media, SXM Media. Let me say it right. My and my share. And so we spent the first part of this podcast going over 
just some of the thoughts of the, the study and some of the questions that we had and, and even some of the trends that we started to see in podcasting along with kind of like what we feel like in the future. So in this section, I want to go ahead and get 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 nerdy. You know, I feel like I need to put my glasses on. You know, we're going to read some numbers. You know, you got to get this motherfucker on. <clears throat> and uh, that's because, of course, with any good research, you know what? Some of my glasses. I ain't got time for that. But yeah, like I said, we are going to get into the numbers of this survey. And I don't know if, Michelle, did you have any of the statistics that really kind of jumped out at your face that you could not ignore? And you were like, really? Well, I'm actually surprised about the business slash economy podcast. Um, they said 66% are listening. The people are listening to that. Um, other categories include history, true crimes, fiction, kids and family. But I really feel like they're missing pop culture. I think if pop culture slash entertainment, whatever was on there, I think the business number might be smaller. You think so? And also if they added sports. Mm hmm. Yeah, that was, because, that was noticeable uh, of a uh, admission. Yeah, these these categories are short sighted because a lot of the black, um, I'm not gonna say I watch or listen to all of them. I may have caught one episode. I've definitely seen them in my YouTube feed, IG feed, or something. But there's a lot of black people that have relationship podcasts. Um, mental health wellness podcast. Um, once again, entertainment, pop culture slash gossip podcast. And I see a lot of guys that have a sports podcast. So, and those categories are not on this typical, on this um, actual data. They they are on there. They're just oh they are yeah they're just they didn't use all the categories. Um, for that particular slide. I know it's one you're talking about. Okay, okay, um, okay. Because, and just to get everything straight. So the the part of the study that Michelle is referring to is when they ask Black podcast listeners, and I'm not sure why they made the delineation between weekly and monthly podcasts. I thought that was a little strange, but I, I guess there might be some that drop once a month. But I mean, for the most part, when we talk about a podcast, it's something that's dropping weekly. Um, I feel like that would have just been a lot simpler for their language. But the the slides basically says uh, categories that primarily if if they included black stories and perspectives verse whether they actually listen to that genre. And so they took all the genres and business seemed to have the biggest discrepancy of who's listened to a business podcast and who would listen to a business podcast if it had a black host with a black perspective and sharing black stories. And 
you're correct. I that's something that hit me dead in the face because I'm like, you ain't seen marketing for the culture. You ain't never <laughs> listened to that. Like, how could that be? You know that 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 uh, pink bar should be a lot bigger. But you know, I I, I understand that it's a two pronged thing. For one, I feel like business podcasts don't have the best marketing. Um, and that's that's a, a whole thing in itself. But I, I feel like there's there's not an emphasis from the people who are holding up the infrastructure of like major podcasting. They're really just coming around to the fact that I was like, oh, we could do a business podcast and put black people on it. And it'll probably go like it's it's, oh, yeah. it's like a brand new discovery. Like oh, I was yeah, like me and you've been trying to do this since 2013, <laughs> 2014. And now they're just like, oh, we probably should do more with black people. And so, you know, like the black effect, they um they actually have two business podcasts. Um, they have a business in tech and then earn your leisure. But I don't feel like it has ever been a priority because the priority from these big companies like iHeart is they're in the music they own radio stations so the podcast that they push their music pop culture stuff so Mm -hmm. it's 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 easier to do you know starting to say well we're gonna do a whole business arm that's it's like hold on we don't even sell ads for business anything like your whole advertising department is gonna go say full stop and I think that's part of the of it but um, I I definitely see that that discrepancy discrepancy should be a lot smaller. I think another problem I I realized this and I struggled with this in 2014 through 2016 I believe. Where how do I define myself as a black podcaster? Right? Is that because I'm a black woman hosting a podcast, or am I um, discussing black? topics, right? What makes a black podcast? And when I did my first podcast networking with Michelle, it was just text. And I changed it years later because I was like, I need people to know that this is a black woman's show. So I put myself on the cover. So I also think there's a lot of black podcasts in general, black business podcasts, that exists, but we don't know because um, it's only text and there's not a face to the cover and mm-hmm. and then there's no promotion, right? Whatever that may look like, right? Um, but one thing that just occurred to me, like what, like they have all of this data based off of their platform, but did they do, did they really do their research? Like, did they hit up Barry? Did they look at podcastingcolor.com? Mm. Did they look in the direct? Like, what are y'all Googling? Mm. You know, because, and I mean, that's why I always talk about like who's in the room. Because if you have another black person in the room that's in, that's heavily invested in podcasts, I'm like, you can't be a black podcaster for more than a year and not know about podcasting color. That that's it's just it's just not right. That's facts, right there. Oh, yeah you you really hitting on it because like I don't I really 
had got angry when I went through this podcast survey or research mm-hmm. study and I had to just chill and I said you know what these are advertisers mm. these advertisers have an agenda and they have a goal that's what they're doing Facts. they're yeah. they are putting yeah. this data out for their advertising partners this is not for podcast calm down so like Going through this, and you know what? This is a good jumping point. The the thing that that black business podcasts are going to have to do is just come to YouTube. Like mm. right now, I can go on my podcast app and look up black entrepreneur, black podcast, or not black, but black business, and it's going to come up. Hundreds of shows are going to come up, but I can't watch any of those on YouTube. And we discussed that black people find podcasts on YouTube. That's what they identify as a podcast, something that they watch on YouTube. That's that is some of the it's part frustrating as somebody who loves the audio form. But because I understand how we got to this technology, it's like mm-hmm. I get it. I can't I can't fault you for learning technology the way you did. Like who who am I to talk you down? Um but <laughs> I'm gonna pull up a couple of um stats. And while you do that, I mean you have a good point. Cause I think what happens is someone comes across one YouTube one podcast on YouTube and then they feel like all the other podcasts should be on YouTube. Right. You know, um and then don't get me started on these iPhone users, but I remember once again, going back, it's like, you have a podcast, you have a what? Like I had to define what a podcast is before I can even tell them about my show and you know, how it operates and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you have an iPhone. All right. Take out your phone. You see that purple mic? <laughs> like they put the, the freaking app on the phone natively right. you open the phone up podcast wow and nobody and, was opening and no one knew what it was it might have been stocks. right and then of course there's android and google's made some changes over the years but um which was a little bit harder compared to an iphone user oh but the <laughs> the journey and i gotta say this because i need need people to know we are ogs in this game right so we might not be, you know, earn your leisure numbers, but we are OGs in this game. <laughs> watch them put it together. Watch them take it apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what numbers you got for us? All right. So when I looked at the, everything that revolved around how people were consuming it and where, I picked up on a trend. And so, matter of fact, let me just spit the numbers first, and then I'll tell you what I think. I'm going to do that. So 46% of people found podcasts by topic. 75% of people listen to podcasts with a video while they're actively watching it. And 71% of black podcast listeners listen at home. 
So that means 75% are watching with a video component and 71% of the time it's at home. That doesn't sound like a coincidence. It sounds like Mm -hmm. we're watching podcasts on TV. Yeah. 47% of that 71 said they listen to them with their friends and family. Now, I don't, you're a single woman, but how many of your friends are listening to podcasts with other people in the room? It's not happening. That's not a thing. Like Unless, no, the only time I've done that is when my friend and I are taking a road trip to Dallas. Right. You're in a car. That's that's a whole different thing. So nobody's at home firing up the sound bar. (laughs) And be like, yo, we about to listen to this new podcast. Uh, I'm about to turn on um, Charlemagne. I need to hear him. That's not happening. We're black people. When they say they're listening to podcasts or watching it, they're watching it on TV with friends and family on YouTube. Mm. And that's basically what this this set of numbers says. And I would love if they would have come out and said something a little bit more forward about it but then that would almost be like telling youtube you're winning and i don't think that they would want to do that as somebody who's competing for those ad dollars uh, but i i saw that they were they were dancing around that um <laughs> on a couple of slides let me matter of fact let me go. you have but, something to add to that well i think this actually helps youtube's case because youtube is going to launch a podcasting platform. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I just learned about it last week, but they're going to do YouTube podcast, right? I don't know how they're going to incorporate that into the platform. I don't know, you know, what's going to make it distinct between, oh, this is a video and this is a YouTube podcast video. But um, at the same time, it makes sense. YouTube is Google. There's Google podcasts on Android one and two top search engines, very dominant company. So it makes sense because there's just a lot of education on YouTube. Yes. The education and entertainment. Um, so I wonder if this report actually expedited YouTube's launch. I was thinking the same thing. Of this? Because I'm like, yo, how did y'all drop this announcement? Now, it had to be in the works, of course. Yeah. But... It's, it's real curious timing that right after this survey mm-hmm. or research comes out that they decide, it's like, hey, we open for business. We in the game yeah. now. Yeah. You know, We've been uh, working on it, but thanks for the validation. Right. <laughs> so let me say what they, they actually said, because they 42% of all listeners say that they use YouTube for podcasts and other things. So that means YouTube is the starting place for a bunch of activities. And like I said earlier, YouTube is in the fold. Now, another thing is I feel like people always watch things that they agree on. And two things black people can always agree on are music and comedy. Nobody has ever had a problem with laughing except my mother. She cannot stand comedy. I'm like... I don't know what's up with your soul, but I'm not going to question it. <laughs> <laughs> but comedy comes in t- number one 
at 48 percent comedy at number one percent number one at 48 percent i thought that was interesting and then music at 43 percent and then i went to 85 south's page with 1.92 million subscribers tells me that all of you out here are watching 85 south mm-hmm. and that's your first introduction to a podcast and that's how you look at podcasts. I would love somebody to confirm my um, my hypothesis because I, I I feel like it's it's undeniable just because I'm already black and mm. I, I just I just know how we are. And then music that doesn't surprise me because I think Breakfast Club and Joe I think Budden. Joe Budden. Mm-hmm. Those are the the biggest music th- music platforms on YouTube. And so that that tells me that it actually tells me a couple of things. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to the little homies later, but I, I see y'all. But, but I think go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, man, I, I I really see like where where the idea for what to do with a podcast comes from, and how I've seen the repetition of the these formats. With people who are no near as funny and no near as entertaining as the podcast that we mentioned, but go ahead, Michelle. I guess I'm battling in my mind because I know you mentioned the sample size was 2,500, but then part of me is like, okay, are they just basing this off of the top 10, top 20 podcasts in these categories? Because 85 South, The Breakfast Club, and Joe Budden is going to take such a large portion of that of the top 10 podcasts presented to these 2,500 people. Um, I love doing surveys. I wish I came across this survey Um, because once again, I think when you have these media companies and these celebrities enter the space, it does skew the numbers for the average, the average or little guy, you know, that's been grinding it for three, four, five years. And you know, maybe they're just getting one to five thousand listens a month, which is actually really good. Not, That's really bad. good. That is really good as a podcaster. But you won't know that because you got ESPN or you got um, some celebrity, you know, 85 South, Joe Budden, da, 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 you know, and they're like and you're like, man. How can I get a Spotify deal? How can I get the Rogan bag? <laughs> Everybody wants the Rogan bag. And I think, and then these advertisers, they want the Rogan audience, right? They want a Tim Ferriss audience where they're charging um, uh, 20 to 25,000 shit, maybe 100,000 per episode for an ad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the gang, the gang gets stupid at the top, man. And, and the, the money I choose is flying. Real yeah. talk. And, Tim Ferriss has a Google form. It's been a while since I looked at it, but he has a Google form if you go to his website for app podcast ads. Yeah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna touch four hour work week. I'm I'm gonna read that book again though. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm I might hit him up later, but nah, not right now though. Back to this though. The and I, I, we did skip over a couple things, and I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because I did notice that even um, 
when you were saying that you you didn't see the sports, but when I was looking, I saw that the sports was on the upper half of people who actually listen to a podcast. Like, okay, sports is in there, you know, TV, music, like all the the okay. main things that I seen, and then the pop culture one. It said twenty four percent, but I was like, but you basically split up pop culture and these other different segments so like what do they consider pop culture because mm. music tvs movies games that's that's pop culture so i thought that yeah. was that i thought that was interesting because you know you can't really catch a big gauge on like what exactly podcast are you referring to like when you say a pop culture podcast what does that look like <laughs> And, you know, when you say, uh, you know, games and hobby, is that like a gamer podcast, some shit they watch on Twitch? Or is it something right. that's like on a podcast player? Like, look, I'm, I'm I'm already getting off on a tangent because the podcaster in me just has 600 million questions about your data <laughs> that I cannot get answered to. Like, <laughs> I can literally go all day about the questions that I have about this. That's a good point. I'm not a fan of the read um, I've I have listened to some episodes. I used to be, yeah. but I do listen to Kev on the stage and Angel. Here's the thing podcast, and okay. I consider that a pop culture podcast, okay. right? Because they just talk about weekly trending topics. Right. What's in the news this week? Yeah, whatever's trending on Twitter, what went viral in the news. They just that's it. Right. So that that's <laughs> that's a very frustrating thing as a podcaster to be like, okay, I don't know what this actually means. Like, should I be mm-hmm. jumping ship to do something else? Um, but needless to say, I think from that part of it, it let me know that there's a big opportunity to be a brand name under under the business uh, umbrella. Because it seems that they haven't, it hasn't reached them yet. So whoever has, I'm not going to say the best visuals, but they do a good job with their visuals and then bring it to YouTube. I think they'll have a much better head start than somebody who's got a podcast following. And they're like, oh, we're just going to be on YouTube too. It's it's not going to translate mm-hmm. the same. And, mm-hmm. and I just thought about what you said. Like I have a few podcasts that I listen to on audio. I actually watch them on YouTube just for my girl. So she, she be in the room and sometimes some, she might comment on some things, but for the most part, it's not, they're not getting the same juice. And I can tell, um, let's see what, what we're looking at. I know we, we, about time to wrap up, but there were a couple other things that really, in the words of Peter Griffin, grinded my gears. <laughs> and it comes in the monetization where they bring up social media, which I thought yes. was, I thought that was an interesting thing. It's like, oh, you put being under social media as monetization, that means you might be looking at social media as monetization channels completely. So that makes more sense because I would have put that with behavior if I'm thinking about, you know, the subject. But when I think about this audience is like who's spending the money. 
the advertisers. And so they're they're going to lock up a brand deal on the podcast and on the social media feeds. But why would you help the podcasters in this study at the same time? Because when they asked if they follow the podcast or the creator on social media, 50 percent said yes, which mm. I thought was a little low. Actually, I thought it might be a little bit closer to like 70 percent. But all that tells me is people want you for your podcast a lot of the time <laughs> and nothing else. And then you have other people who want to be a part of the community. And so they're following you on social. But one of the one of the things that's not on here, um, like which sites like, is it one site, two sites? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Zero mention of how many, where, any of that. And that's something that I felt like was a very big missed opportunity, I think, for both sides of the equation. Because not only could I smarten up my plays as far as where I'm at on social media, but then you let your advertisers know well, if you see a podcaster with a following and it's this type of podcast and they're on Twitter, then it might be a better look versus somebody who's doing it on Instagram because whatever, you can kind of build your case based on the data, but it's not there. And so everybody's kind of left in the dark. You're just like, well, they follow them on something, TikTok. There is so much to unpack. Okay. Got like five minutes. Just let you know. So, and I don't like following influencers and celebrities on Instagram for some reason. I'm funny, but I might be changing that next year. Um, so one with the podcast. Well, the reason why they have social media under the monetization is because some of these platforms pay. You mm. know, if you re- meet the True. criteria, YouTube will cut a check. Right. Supposedly Instagram is and Facebook as well. Fair enough. Um, TikTok, you know, some of these platforms are cutting checks. So that's one thing. Um, a lot of these podcast hosts are able to create multiple streams of income because they're charging advertisers. So they're reading the ad on the podcast. They may or may not have a... Um, we'll just say an IG page for their podcast, but the host has such a following, they're able to monetize that following through sponsored content. Mm. So, and who knows how they're packaging this too, right? Cause it could be like, okay, we're going to do four podcast ad reads and then one social media post, you know, for $4,000. Like, I don't know who knows how they're packaging their ads as well. One thing I've been noticing recently on YouTube is you have people that have, we'll just say the AMA page, right? And that page has, they're monetizing that page. Now I'm seeing people do a second YouTube page and we'll just say AMA clips, Mm. right? Where they're doing eight to 20 minute clips on that second page. And of course they already have a following. So people are going to migrate. Those clips are going to come in their algorithm eventually. So eventually they're going to monetize that second page and now they're going to get two checks, same content, 
repurposed shorter clips, but now they're getting two checks from YouTube under one brand name. I heard about that. And I was actually hearing somebody say that they were just going to stick with the one channel uh, because they were worried about the algorithm. But Mm -hmm. I I really, I don't know. It's like, there may be something about YouTube that I don't understand to why it would be more advantageous to have two pages instead of, you know, especially with the rollout of things like YouTube shorts, like why you wouldn't just want to just grow micro content on your page that's established already. You know, of course there, there might be some, like the big boys and they, their, their tax implications, they might need to spread them out. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I get that. But for everybody else, I don't really see what's what, what's the hubbub about that. I don't really see how how much that's going to give you a jump. Somebody's going to have to break that down. It's something I've just noticed in the past two months. And the two people that I've noticed is Kev on stage. Um, and he has a couple of pages. So he has Kev on stage, Kev on stage studios. And then I'm noticing here's the thing clips. And then, so here's the thing is an hour podcast. So the clips can be anywhere from seven to 20 minutes. And then Lewis Howes, um, I think he just hit a million followers not too long ago. I saw a post and his interviews used to be an hour and now they're anywhere from one to three hours. And he's created a second page, I think called Lewis House Clips. Um which can be once again, I will just say 10 to 20 minute clips. So, yeah. So you're in that sweet spot where you can get one or two ads in there. And it's like, you already have a million people following you on YouTube. So if you get a 10%, well, 1%, the 1000 you're able to monetize, (laughs) but chances are you're going to have anywhere from about 10% to come over and you're easily going to monetize again. So you're, and that goes back to what you said. Who knows what the tax benefits they're getting on the back end? Yeah, I and it's a it's a lot of X factors variables that probably mm-hmm. go into that. But I I would love somebody who was really in the woods of YouTube to tell me what what's going on with that because that's it. Just it just seems counterproductive. It's like. I'm going to have a page over here and a page over there, and I'm going to just trust that everybody I fool with is going to get both pages, (laughs) and they're going to watch the clips over here, they're going to come back over here, and I'll make an announcement over here, then I'll be like, well, you got to go here. It's like, it's just, it just seems like, you know, almost like having a burner, you know. And you have to have a team to do that too, right? right? So how how efficient is your team? But I will say this. I do remember Lewis Howe saying years ago he was going to go all in on podcasting. And then fast fast forward a couple more years, he's like, I'm going to go all in on YouTube. Mm. Right. And he still has other streams of income um, through community building and who knows what else. But um it's 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 an interesting time right now. We I'm sure we end every podcast with that. <laughs> Man, like, it's an interesting time right now. Just just a lot of the prospects that podcasting and YouTube getting into the podcast game officially, um, and then 
um, I'm I'm curious to see how everybody adjusts because you know before I knew what YouTube was like you said it's the search engine mm-hmm. like but now it's it's going to be a place for people to like start their podcast like they're going to start a podcast on YouTube and it's going to be set up just like everywhere else so like that's a major thing um but I I would hope and just to tie a bow on this cuz I know you got to go I would hope that when YouTube decides to get into this game that they decide to hit up the podcasters and help us get some data that we really would like to know. Of course, you want them to stay on YouTube. You don't want them to go to any other platform. But if we don't know what their habits are when they're leaving, then we don't Mm. know how to keep them on. So when they start, stop thinking about their own self-interest and think about how podcasts could be better, how podcasters could be better hosts, you know, how could we do marketing better? You know, they they have some they have some resources, but I, I don't really see a huge investment in helping us make the better content and deliver it in the best way possible. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if it's quality, it's going to cut through. And if anybody could help, you know, with a lot of interest in getting people on their platforms, then this might be men, uh, mutually beneficial and, of course, make everybody some money. Right. Yeah. Keep the podcaster in mind. Keep the creator in mind. We're we're just not the priority. And I, I, I have a whole nother spiel about that because we're going to have to quit RSS at some point. Mm. That's a whole nother conversation or another time. Okay, I'm here for part two. <laughs> but that that might that might turn into an editorial <laughs> by the time I get done with this idea. But I can see that. But ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate everybody out there for listening to Marketing for the Culture. Make sure you go to aa-ma.org, become a member of AMA if you are any type of marketer, you're a social media graphic designer, content creator. If you do something on the internet and it has to reach people, you're doing marketing. Yes. So come join. I'm going to get your game right. 2022, we're definitely going to be out here trying to help people grow. Um, So y'all stay tuned to the blog, to the podcast, the YouTube, all those places. I'm at CL Pie Game. This is at Michelle Gomez. Y'all hit us up on social media and we out here. Peace. Thank you for listening to Marketing for the Culture podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And of course, our videos are on YouTube. If you have a moment, feel free to give us a rate, review, or just comment. We appreciate our sponsors for their continuous support. Also, if you're interested in learning more about our sponsors or becoming a member of the African American Marketing Association, visit aa-ma.org.